Okay, hello everyone. How are we doing? Um, okay, um, well, we only have 11 people here now, so it's not, it's not great. That is a little less than half the class. Um, so we will wait a moment. Let me see if anybody's emailed me. Yeah. Okay. Um, haven't seen any emails. So I think what we'll do is maybe just go forward with the class and then see if, uh, you know, other people come in as we do. All right. Um, okay. So what we're going to, so it's freezing up a little bit. Okay. What we're going to do today is we're going to work on the, the paper, the research paper. And so that's going to be, um, we're going to be looking at sources, how to get sources and all that. And then how to, then we're going to jump into under the gaslight and that type of thing. All right, so let's go to it. So in this assignment, you're asked to use three sources um, and you have to you know, find the right sources. So the right thing. So how many people here have done a research paper with sources? Okay, <laughs> so many people. So this is um, this is familiar. So how did and anybody who who said I have can volunteer? Um, how did you go about finding sources when you were working on that paper? Um, I just like typed in like words relating to the prompt that I was looking for. Okay, into into what? Um, I used the Newcom Library. Okay, so you use the the library thing. And what kind of sources were you able to find? Um, there was like a lot. I just used like I read through the top few, like skimmed them, and I just picked some from there that I thought would like work best. Okay. All right. So yeah, just some tops there. Um, so Vivian, you said you looked through some, okay. And uh, Viv Vivian, you said you looked through some databases. What databases did you use? Um, Google Scholar is mm -hmm. helpful. Mm -hmm. And there are other, like, I think um, there's other databases on the Yukon Library website too. Mm -hmm. I just can't remember off my top of my head. Okay. All right. So you used. Uh, sorry. Okay. Come on, girl. There we go. Okay. So you used um, Google Scholar, uh, some databases on on Yukon. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. This is Pearl. Pearl can say hello. Can say hello, Pearl. Here we go. <laughs> she is. Uh, I. 
I have the house to myself today, so I am out of the basement, which is much less depressing. Um, and, and so she is very happy that I am out of the basement. But anyway, um, great. So looking at the database, Google Scholar is, is a great thing to bring up. Um, Brianna, you, you say here you've also used Google Scholar. Um, great. So th these are all good sources uh, or all good starts. And so it seems like this isn't going to be, be so bad. Um, and so when starting, um, it's of course okay to, to use Google, uh, to use Google. It's also okay when starting, when just looking around in terms of your topic to use Wikipedia. Now you can't cite Wikipedia, but that's really is a great place just to look for definitions, to look for those types of things. Um, and yeah, and, and going through it, and they do typically have a bibliography at the end of, of Wikipedia too. So these are all, all things you can look at. Now again, you can't cite Wikipedia, but a lot of research sometimes is just finding out what the conversation is, um, you know. So that, that's a good place to do that because you can see where people, what, what the debate has been. Um, and then the next place after that, of course, would be uh, Googling, right? Even before getting to Google Scholar, but just Googling, Googling the topic um, and seeing what comes up. So if you're, you know, doing something in melodrama, right? Let's say this this week, um, you want to do something on melodrama and you would go to the Wikipedia page. And actually, let's do that. Let's collectively go to go to the Wikipedia page and see what it says and see how this might be a help to us. Okay. So we have actually a decent amount of information. Um, there is this idea here of um, melodrama and its relationship to realism. So this is something we've, we've kind of discussed in class. It seems to be here on the... Um, on the page, Peter Brooks is quoted. Peter Brooks is somebody we've we've read. Um, somebody named Singer, who I, I don't know, uh, is also being quoted. Apparently, he he or she is a Victorian and Edwardian critic. Um, and so we actually have some things to look at. So if you don't know who Peter Brooks is, now you do, right? Because you can go through this. Uh, you don't know who Singer is, and I, I don't. You can go through this as well. Um, ben Singer, and he has a book from Columbia University Press, Melodrama and Modernity, Early Sensational Cinema and Its Context. So if you want to talk about maybe melodrama and early silent film, this might be the, the book to, to look towards. Um, now we have some particularly particular difficulties with COVID, but, you know, acquiring these books, but there you go. Um, then you have kind of origins of melodrama, uh, a lot of stuff there. It keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going. Um, and then at the end, there are there is a reference section, and this is really where you could get stuff to do your you, you know do your work from, um, and you could check these sources, see how good they are, etc. Uh, there seems to be Susan Hayward. Uh, is interested in kind of um, it appears to be melodrama and women's studies. 
So if you're interested in kind of a feminist reading of the melodrama, that might be a place to start. Okay, but I'll say again, as you know, as I said before, this is obviously like a, a place to start, not a place to end, right? Um, but it also gives you kind of the nature of the conversation about, you know, what scholars are, are looking at more generally. Um, the next kind of non-Yukon place to look at, as you guys said, um, was uh, Google Scholar. So who said Google Scholar? Um, Brianna. Okay. So Brianna, what did you find when you used Google Scholar? I saw that it brought up a lot of articles, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, depending on what I was looking at, a lot of older articles, mm -hmm. but it also did bring up newer relevant things too. Okay. Good. Yeah. So that that's kind of one of the problems I have with Google Scholar is you get the flood, right? The fire hose is kind of opened when you, you type things into that. And very often um, you will get something on... Uh, on a topic that's wildly different from the topic you you are actually invested in. Uh, so let's try our little um, little venture in, in into melodrama in Google Scholar, and see if we can kind of find it, make this work for us, so to speak. So obviously type Google Scholar, and I'm not going to share my screen just because that tends to slow things down. But if you could do this you know, in, at your computer, um, I would appreciate that. So I'm at Google Scholar now, and I might type in, I, I will type in <laughs> melodrama and let's say um, women's studies. Okay, and we get, um, Number of things, 34,000 results in 0.17 seconds. Very, you know, very impressive. Um, and we get, you know, obviously too much. So the top searches here, environmental melodrama, um, women's genres, melodrama, soap opera, and theory. This is from 2007. This appears to be a book. Um, the Melodrama of Mobility, Women, Talk, and Class in Contemporary South Korea. Okay. Uh, that might be too specific a topic. Um, all that Hollywood allows, re reading gender in 50s melodrama, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's some good things there. Obviously. Um, and we might maybe want to get more specific with that. Um, maybe we could try feminism and melodrama. Let's give that a try. Okay, when we do that, we have motherhood and representation, the mother in popular culture and melodrama. Okay. Um, Sex, death, and melodrama. Again, we get that all that Hollywood allows, rereading gender and 50s melodrama, um, etc. Okay, so some some things here. The uh, the the 
book about South Korea has vanished. Um, but again, we have like 27,000 results. And if we keep clicking, um, we still, even if you go to like, I just clicked uh, tab number seven, um, we still have like a lot of, a lot of work here that, that is, is populating. Um, so what might be just using Google Scholar? And again, we can't, we can't cite Google Scholar. You know, obviously you wouldn't because you're looking for something from here. This is a database. But what might be one way of limiting the, the choices you have here? Or rather, let me, let me ask that in a different way. Sorry, that, isn't a, that wasn't a great question. What might be a way to distinguish the importance or relevance of one of these articles or books? Google Scholar has a particular feature um, that is helpful. Well, um, that, that would be one thing I would look for too is the uh, cited by thing. Does anybody know what that is? Where it says cited by at the bottom of each tab? Okay, so at the bottom of each tab, with Google Scholar, it says cited by, and then it has a number. So the first search here for melodrama and, and kind of feminism in parentheses is a book, Motherhood and Representation, The Mother in Popular Culture and Melodrama by Kaplan. Okay. This book seems to discuss the theories of the mother from Freud to Lacan and the French feminists in the melodrama, a feminist perspective, women in performance, Mother, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It, it appears to have been cited by 566 different works. So if we click on that, we have um, a bunch of stuff that is citing it. Now, it seems to be that this book is published before 2013 because there's some stuff that is that are citing it before. There's sources that are citing it before 2013, which must mean that 2013 was a uh, a date in which a year in which it was republished um, but you could see that there that this book is is pretty popular um, along a number of different lines so uh, a bunch of books on and scholarship on um, motherhood and depictions of motherhood that seems to be citing this there's a book on genre and Hollywood so if you're interested in kind of feminism genre studies and um, and melodrama, you know, there's this book from 2000, um, key concepts from cinema study, uh, book from 97 called Fantasies of Femininity, um, 
yeah, then we get postmodern and post-structural approaches to nursing. Um, that might be less relevant. Uh, well, I, I hope it's less relevant because I, I think that paper would be probably very long. Um, but yeah, so so there you go. So now you have an idea kind of of where the conversation is going with this book. That um, a lot of this is going to be about kind of motherhood or genre studies. So if I look at um, Neil's book, the first site that hits, uh, this is called Genre and Hollywood. Um, Steve Neal. And we have um, a chapter here, chapter five, um, which is melodrama and the woman's film. So this may be a, a good source there. Okay. And so that would be kind of one way of, of looking at this. And this is um, Rutledge. That's a good press. Um, it's a little older, though. This book is 20 years old. So you might want to find something a little more recent than that. Um, but this might be an important source of of the conversation. And Google Scholar allows us to do that. It, it's really great in terms of the connections between um, books and articles and things that cite them, right? So you could obviously find what the book is citing by looking at the book and looking at the bibliography or the work cited section. Um, but it is much harder to find out what other works are written about it later on. Google Scholar has begun to do that work for us. Now, some of the shortcomings of Google Scholar are that it, it doesn't have everything. Um, as copious as it is, you know, you type something in, you get 32,000 hits. It, it still misses big things. It is, um, you know, an algorithm program with limited access to, to scholarship. And so you are going to miss things with Google Scholar. Also, the quality of the scholarship can sometimes be in debate. Um, when I, I opened that book there, the, um, the melodrama book, looking at the print, right? Looking at the, not the print, excuse me, the press is important. And you have Rutledge Press, and that's a, a, a decent press. So that might be one indicator. But you also might want to do research on who actually wrote the book. So who was this? This guy who wrote it, um, Stephen Neal. We might want to just Google him. Let's see. Um, Yeah, and he seems to be, have published a lot. I'm trying to find a, um, trying to find his website. Okay, yeah, so he is, uh, yeah, he seems to be a, a PhD person and a, and a pretty accomplished writer. So, you know, that, that's a way of checking that source, the quality of that source. 
is what else has the person done? What qualifies the person or, or what credentials does the person have? When looking at credentials, the, the sort of standard tends to be, a, you know, like a PhD, a person who has this graduate level education. That's not always the case. And often it's not the case, right? It's not like a great thinker needs an official degree to do things. Um, you know, there's, there's popular, uh, popular nonfiction writers who you could obviously cite. Uh, you, you're free to do these things. However, it tends to be the case that people with PhDs end up going into a profession that allows them to write scholarship. So therefore they're, you know, and they have access to the types of databases and material that allows them to pursue the scholarship in a more robust and systematic way. So the PhD is just a good indicator of kind of access to resources. You might say this is unfair. In a lot of ways it is, you know, there's, there are people who do wonderful work or on PhDs, but that's just a good way of, of indicating um, kind of the seriousness of it. Another way of, is looking at kind of the, the sources and seeing um, what this person is citing. Um, are they, they citing a lot of people? Are they engaging in the conversation? And that's one thing to keep in mind when doing this type of work is understanding what you're doing is um, not just presenting your brilliant idea or whatever. You are talking to other scholars, right? So it's, it's almost like um, a game of telephone. Uh, where somebody says something to somebody, somebody says something to somebody else, that person says something to somebody else. And as the game goes forward, as the conversation, as the game of telephone goes forward, the the idea, the message is being transformed by each scholar, each person in the line of communication. You want to transform the message you're getting. You know, so it's it's like reverse telephone in a sense. You want to receive the message as accurately as possible, but you want to communicate your own take on it. Okay, and so that is. You know, I seem to be freezing up a lot today. Okay, there we go. Um, that is the the uses of Google Scholar. So let's jump into. Um, the next type of thing, which is the the library. So no, probably everybody here has used the library. Um, has there any, is there anyone who's not used the library at all yet? Website or physical building? Okay, um, I'm going to say that's a that's a yes that everybody's used the library, and so with the library, uh, there's obviously the you know Yukon Library search, and you go to the search page, and you could type something on topic, and you you get a bunch of stuff, All right? So let's do that. You know your uh, your homework station. So we go Yukon Library, click on Find. Wait a moment. Wait another moment. Okay. And we have here uh, the main main website. Um, 
and then I click General Search, find articles, books, ebooks, etc. Clicking on General Search. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, and then we could we could search something in here. So we have one search line, and so I might say. Feminism and melodrama. I might search that one line. Um, and then a bunch of stuff comes up. I don't know about you guys, I have 5,671 results. Um, first results are rewriting melodrama, the hidden paradigm in modern Spanish theater. Okay, so if you're that, maybe that's of interest to you. It'd be good to, to look at that. We have online access, so the book is right on the computer. Um, with books like this, you know, like read the introduction uh, or skim the introduction, see if it's if it's there. Off center, feminism and cultural studies. Okay. That seems to be a little broad. Um, sentenced to everyday life, feminism and the housewife. Okay, that also seems maybe broad. Maybe you want to look at that and see if there's anything on, on melodrama, theater, or film. The fifth result looks a little more on the nose. Home is where the heart is. Studies in melodrama and the woman's film. Okay, this, this looks good. We have online access. However, this book is published 33 years ago in 1987. So it might, good work on this topic might have been and probably has been, almost definitely has been done since 1987. However, maybe this is the, the backstop. This is the furthest back in time you want to go, and maybe this work is particularly important. Um, We keep going here, um, gender, genre, and narrative pleasure, um, the unruly woman, gender, and the genres of laughs, etc., etc. So these are all pot uh, potentially useful, useful sources. Um, and one thing you could do with some of these is take them and actually put them back into, into Google Scholar and see who has cited them since then. So the book from 1987, Home is Where the Heart Is, Studies in Melodrama and the Woman's Film by Christine Glendhill, that might be something to put into Google Scholar and, and look into that. Now, of course, with the search engine, if you go to the top where you type in the, the the search topic, you can go to advanced search, and you could break that down into different uh, into different categories. You can search by subject, let's say. Um, you can have two subjects going, so feminism, melodrama. Divide that up.
Yeah, and you get a lot more when you do that. Um, you you have a lot more stuff focused on feminism rather than melodrama, which means the the topic is now too wide. It's gotten too broad. So you might want to stay with just keeping it on one line. Now, if you go down to the side scroll, so this is the to the side of the main search engine, you can see resource types, date, library, those types of things. So when you look at availability, so you're, that's the first thing you really see, availability, and underneath it it says peer-reviewed journals with a, a checkbox, full text online with a checkbox, available in library, open access. Um, the first thing it says there is peer-reviewed journals. And you could check that and apply that as a filter. So you're only getting peer-reviewed journals. Um, and the um, and the search comes back, and everything in the search has this little purple eye and book, little marker on the bottom that says peer-reviewed. The first one I see here is Anarcho-Feminism, Melodrama, and the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. So, there you go. Uh, th that, that seems to be an article, um, and it is peer-reviewed. So I'll ask you guys, what does peer-reviewed mean? Um, it basically means that other people have like read it and checked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So other people have read it and checked it. Uh, it is going through peer review. Typically, is going through a journal. It's to, you know talking about a journal. So what you're looking at is an article, somewhere in the twelve to thirty-five page range. Probably most of them are closer to thirty-five pages, because you know um, why say something simply when you could ramble on for three dozen pages. Um, but the the idea then with these journals is that they have an editor, obviously, and the editor looks at the article that's being submitted and says, "Okay, this is fine. I'm going to send it out to um, to to what what are called referees. The referees typically there's two, sometimes there's three. They take the article, they look it over." And they decide whether it is um, going to be outright rejected, whether it's going to be accepted outright or accepted with revisions. Almost all articles that are accepted are accepted with revisions. It's very rare for an article to be accepted without revisions, but that's the peer review process. And the, the Pearl is back. I'm going to say hello to the people. Nope. All right. um, the, the peer review process then allows presumably um, more robust scholarship to make it in and less robust scholarship to to be kept out. Um, you know, this is not always the case, but that's sort of how the system works. And the people who review it, the, the referees, the journal referees, are experts in whatever field is uh, is there. So the journal editor kind of knows who he can send it off to or she can send it off to, and they, that person then does, and he sends it off or she sends it off to two reviewers who have, are experts on that field and kind of much more established. And so that's the, uh, that's the idea. Okay. And so when you see something peer-reviewed, 
that's a, that's a good sign that you're getting um, at least decent scholarship. Right? And so that's something you can use for an article is, you know, something that's peer reviewed. Right? And that's just a good marker. Now, however, with this, we have a lot of results. Anarcho-feminism, melodrama, and the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Maybe that's interesting. Neoliberal frames and the genre of inequality. Okay. Um, other types of things like that. Now, one thing you can do if you want to jump away from just the database is to look at uh, what's called the MLA bibliography or the MLA International Bibliography. And that can help you establish which articles or books are published in a modern language journal. MLA stands for Modern Language Association. It dates back to, I want to say, 1895, the, the 1890s. And it's where um, stuff on the humanities is published, right? Not, not just an MLA, um, even though that is a journal, but it's, uh, it, it correlates, or um, not correlates, excuse me, it, it gathers together all of the, all of the publications on modern language issues including film, melodrama, etc. Um, and so if you want to separate out your search from um, things that are more on the social sciences, or sometimes I'm sure of these 746 results, some of them are even on the hard sciences because library search engines are, you know, not, not the best. They're fine, but they're, they can be wanting. You might want to go to MLA bibliography. And so I would go back to Google, Yukon, MLA, Bibliography. I just, I type that right into Google. I have, and you'll get, the first hit is MLA International Bibliography, Research Database Locator. Bless you, girl. She had a little sneeze. Um, and you'll, it'll come up here, University Libraries, MLA Interna International Bibliography. You'll click that. Um, it covers things, everything from 1926, with selective coverage from 1886. So I think maybe the MLA, International Organization, is from the 1880s instead of the 1890s. I might be wrong about that. Um, then you get your search engine. So I will do Mellow Trauma. Um, feminism. Well, let's just start with Mellow Trauma. And it's searching. And here we have um, articles and books, 2,396 results. And you have here, uh, it's by year. So the first hit is um, 2020, November of 2020. Okay, so just published. Um, by Joe Carruthers. Okay, that name sounds really familiar. I have a book by somebody named Carruthers on, anyway, <laughs> this isn't related to the lesson. Anyway, um, I wonder, I just wonder if it's the same person. But uh, anyway, so Melodrama and the Art of Government, Jewish Emancipation, Elizabeth in, and Elizabeth Polak's Esther, the Royal Jewess, or, or the Death of Haman. I, you know, I have no idea how relevant that is. Um, we have, the next one is 2019. 
After that, 2019, this seems to be on um, a Spanish text. Um, from 2019, December, performance, performativity, and melodrama has dramatic substance in Hindi film song sequences. Um, yeah, and so those are some of the top hits here. Uh, melodrama in David Copperfield, another book in Spanish. Um, mediating melodrama, political melodrama meets domestic fiction in North and South. So North and South is a uh, Victorian novel um, by, by Gaskell, but there might be some interesting information there, especially if we're talking about kind of um, domestic information. Manhattan melodrama, um, whatever. And you can see on the side here, there is a, a publication date range right here. I have it set from 1928 to 2020. Recent is better. So maybe you want to keep that publication range for 10 years, something like that. But let's do melodrama and, um, and stage. Let's see what that pulls up. Okay. Um, melodrama and Revolution, blah, blah, blah. Stage is bad. Melodrama and Theater. We could search for that and see what we get. Okay. The Comic every Irish Popular Theater Melodrama, Tragedy Melodrama. Um, and then more and more specific things. And of course, you could experiment with that and keep typing in melodrama and theater, you know, maybe melodrama and um, and under the gaslight, you know, going on and on. Actually, what does that result in? Okay, we give an article here from 1992, a little older, but worth looking at. If I just do Under the Gaslight, I find something here from um, 2014. Some other things like that. It looks like Under the Gaslight, you might need to search that with something else, because it seems to be that it's uh, not talking about the play a lot of times. But, okay, so that is, you know... That's a kind of general breakdown of how to search for things. Another resource that we have access to as, as UConn students is uh, JSTOR. JSTOR also is a collection of articles. Um, JSTOR doesn't often have the like the most recent 10 years of a, a publication, um, while MLA International Bibliography will. Uh, so just understand the limits there. However, with these resources that you're using in the library, sometimes uh, JSTOR is just an intermediary. Like um, when you see an article in the search engine, maybe JSTOR is the, the service that provides that article when you search for it. So you don't necessarily need to go to JSTOR independently, um, though you're free to, right? Uh, and do kind of research database things that way. But let's, let me stop for now and see if there are any questions.
Okay. Good. Well, if there's any questions, somebody, you just type it or ask, and then we'll go forward into our actual, the, the play for today. Um, good. So, all right. So let's, let's talk about, um, let's talk about this play and let's talk about, uh, the, the kind of depictions we see in this. So one of the important parts of this play, or one of the more interesting parts of this play, is the, the depictions of, of class. Um, so how does this play, we'll do the general question, right? Uh, how does this play depict classes? What, what kind of things are, is it interested in with regard to class? Um, well, class is, like, clearly very important, and if you weren't, like, born into wealth or whatever, then, mm. like, you're kind of a disgrace to society and, like, shouldn't be seen with the wealthy, prestigious people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's what the play is showing, right? And it's that scene towards the end of... towards the end of the first act where Laura gets rejected by by these different people, um, you know. And so if we go to page 12 of the, the play, I'm turning there myself. We can see that scene where she's sort of, she's rejected. Um, was there, here we go. Uh, or actually, sorry, Ray is Ray is kind of talking about class, right? So um, she's not being necessarily rejected, but Ray is is kind of discussing it. He's on his own here, and he says, "What a frightful story! Laura Cortland, a thief, a drunken wretch who knows her history, and a squalid beggar woman who can claim at any moment as their child. And I was about to marry her. Yes, and I love her. But what would my mother think? My friends, society." No, 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 I cannot think of it. I will write her. I will tell her. Pshaw, she knows, of course. And I cannot wed her now. What am I to do? What will be said of me? But I owe a duty to myself, to society. I must perform it. Um, then, then he writes out this letter. Um, it is I who have been deceived. I will leave it for her, the letter, etc., etc. So there's this kind of weighing here, right, of... Um, as you're saying, Christina, that of right birth being kind of dropped in at the right time in, in, in your life, which is being born into the right social group in order to remain there. And then what's the other side? What is, what is um, making this difficult for Ray? Um, well, he's like in love with her and he wants to marry her, so... Yeah, exactly. So this is this is the the part where um, you know where we have clearly this kind of stretch between social expectation and emotion, um, you know, which is what these these plays kind of run on, right? The the social expectation might be not considered um, very seriously, 
by its by the writer right by by Dali the you know this idea that um, that what will society think of me that's seen as somewhat ridiculous um, what uh, in you know the emotions kind of are the important thing it's the thing the audience is going for uh, and you have to remember that the audience who are watching this are almost always working class and lower right um, however that sort of uh, that, that sort of polarity between kind of your heart and social expectations how does that manifest or play out in the rest of the play um well it's kind of long but like it's like seen throughout like the whole rest of the play and like the poor people like her real parents are like trying to get her back so that they can get money from like laura and ray and stuff mm -hmm. and like um <clears throat> ray like still wants to marry her even after everything and then like um at the end you find out that um the pearl was actually the one who was like they were like switched at birth or something mm -hmm. so he's actually the one who was like the beggar's child mm -hmm. yeah so in the end um in the end kind of ray accepts her back but there's a sort of condition of having your cake and eating it too she gets accepted back but in the end um it turns out you know she is where she belongs and it's it's actually pearl who is the daughter of of lower class people so in your guys opinion what what is the point of that reversal in the end or what does that reversal do for this conflict of society against um against kind of emotional truth or, or pathos Well, it's, like, used at the end, like, as bribery or, like, blackmail or whatever so that they don't send the um, the beggar dad to jail. Yeah. So, the, the yeah, there's this kind of condition of uh, this, you know, you go away and, you know, we won't, we won't send you off to jail. Um, and we won't send you off to jail now if you don't talk about it, right? Uh but where do you think the play comes down on this, this divide? Um, does this play reaffirm the kind of class divisions that it seems to be kind of hacking at at the beginning? Or do you think there is, is a sort of critique of those class positions? I 
I think it might be almost like a critique. Like you shouldn't be so judgmental of people just based off their status because mm-hmm. like you might not even know who that person actually is. And like in the end, everybody's just a person. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. I think there is the, you know, there is this kind of element of, um, there is this element of, showing um showing the the promise or the goodness of the lower classes right like snorky is that uh, and snorky is also mr all-american right he uh he fought in the the civil war and um you know he fought for the right people in the civil war and he's like you know he, he's the he's mr good guy <laughs> um and laura when she goes thrown She's thrown into the lower classes. Uh, she suffers with great dignity, regardless of what happens. Um, and so there is a an attention paid on these, the, these lower class people. Um, and I think a, a critical attention played on the, the class system. We think of the scene with the, the court, with the judge who's kind of throwing people into to jail. Um, and you have the you know, the Italian or Irish immigrant who's trying to avoid it. And you have uh, Sam, the, the black man, who is also being thrown into jail for, for 10 days. Um, so there are these kind of critiques there. Um, but in the end, the characters we like all get to go back to the the situation they were in at the beginning of the play. Right? So uh, nothing really is overthrown or changed at the the end of this and so it's an interesting question to see what is the the concerns with sort of social problems doing in this play right how how deep are they how invested in the is the play in uh kind of correcting them um because after all again it is it is entertainment right and maybe what the play is simply doing is elevating some kind of lower class people to share the stage as opposed to any kind of direct critique. Um, but yeah, but that puts us over for today. It's 11 and one. Um, I will keep this, uh, you're, you're free to go. I will keep this line open for office hours. If anybody needs to meet with me, otherwise, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>